Welcome to Digging Out with Adassa Jacobs. Each week, we dig out Hebrew words from the weekly Torah portion, jewels of understanding that help us dig out of our problems, find solutions, and make milestone tweaks in our lifestyle so we can believe, perceive, and become everything God has destined for us to be. So, let's get started. I'll see you in this week's podcast. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to this week's Digging Out, Episode 4, Chaye Sera. It is the Torah portion for this week, and it begins with Vayihu Chaye Sera Me'a. This is the life of Sarah who died. Such an interesting way to open up a Torah portion. It's a portion that begins with the life of Sarah, but yet it's about the death of Sarah. How interesting the connection between life and death. It speaks to us about life, lineage, and legacy. And yet, all of that is being highlighted and exposed through her death. So why does the Torah portion open up with, this is the life of Sarah, when it's really about her death? Abraham also dies in this Torah portion, but at the very end. And in between, we see the story of Eliezer, Abraham's servant, and his journey to find a wife for Isaac. And that wife, of course, becomes Rivka. And uh, in English, you're familiar with her name, Rebecca. So as I just said, why the life of Sarah? Well, as we will learn, it's because Sarah's life didn't die when she did. It continued to live on through her son Yitzchak, her son or her grandson Yaakov, Yitzchak's son, and through the nation of Israel, the house of Israel. In fact, in uh, Isaiah 51, Sarah is mentioned. God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek Adonai, the Lord. Look unto the rock whence you are hewn and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged or brought out of, okay? Look unto Avraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. And what follows after that is just the immense blessing that God has promised Sion, the house of Israel, and all who follow in the footsteps of Avraham and his righteousness. 
So with that, we see that God is drawing our attention to lineage and legacy, to their call, to their moral integrity, and to God's promise that all who are of Abraham and Sarah shall be blessed. Well, for me, this is a very special Torah portion because both my mother and grandmother died during this Torah portion, Chai Sarah. And not only that, they both died on the same day, Cheshvan 23, three years apart. Now, when I say Cheshvan 23, that's the Hebrew day. They both died on the same day in the Hebrew Jewish calendar. And by the way, today, while I'm recording this podcast, is Cheshvan 23. So when we are young, lineage and legacy seem so irrelevant to the curiosities of learning, growing, and finding our way in this maze of choice, direction, and decision. However, as the path of our lives unfolds, we start to ponder and wonder about the path of those who have gone on before us, their influence and life choices that brought them to where they are today or where they were at the time before their passing. And it also causes us to look at ourselves and where we are today in light of our identity. You know, as curiosity once again strikes, this time very personal and very connected to identity, this internal curiosity causes a real fork in the road. The fork that's that you know that says or asks the question, who am I? What is my purpose in life? Who is God? What is his role in my life? And what does this have to do? with my mother, my father, my grandmother, my grandfather, and all of those who have gone on before me. It really is a fork in the road of identity. It's the bridge between who you envision yourself to be or become and who you really are. It is the clues and the curation of history that we are about to embark in the search of that reveals the tapestry of generations and our, and might I say your, unique strand and image in that tapestry. For me, my grandmother was that link. She was my world. She was beautiful, smart, incredibly organized, very talented. 
She treated my grandfather like a king, and she knew how to embrace the whole family and entertain. She could throw a party, I tell you. She was a hostess with such grace, all of which my mother inherited. My mother was beautiful. She was brilliant. She was very smart. She was very organized and very talented. She also was an incredible hostess, incredible chef. I, I, I could go on for hours about the beauty and the grace of my mother and my grandmother. However, like most children, my grandmother was my world. She had answers for all my questions. And she taught me how to appreciate family, fun, food, and the future. I still remember my grandmother saying, you know, save your shackles, right? So uh, my grandmother had always the right thing to say and always made me feel like the princess that she believed I was. And words cannot express that deep connection, that immense love we had for each other. And even though she shared all of her love with all her grandchildren, she always wanted to be fair uh, with each and every one, I knew I was her favorite because I was her first. But nothing could have prepared me for August of 1989 when she joined me for Shabbat lunch in my apartment located in Broadview, Illinois. But before we go there, I would like to share a brief story. In the spring of 1986, I was helping my boyfriend do administrative work at his office in the New York Life Building in Skokie, Illinois. Now Skokie, Illinois is well known as the Jewish hub of Chicago especially at that time, it was thriving. It had all these amazing restaurants and Yiddishkeit was everywhere. That's the term used uh, within the European Jewish community. And it was during that time period that I met Chaya Hirschman. She sat in an adjacent office to my boyfriend's office. And she was a beautiful Orthodox Jewish woman. And I say Orthodox Jewish because my boyfriend, he was Greek Orthodox, all right? So here I was looking at Greek Orthodox and a Jewish woman who is also Orthodox. So one day she calls me into her office. She asked me to sit down and describe what I saw in the office, the art, the artifacts, uh, everything that was just kind of decorating her office. And so I responded by saying, well, I'm not so sure what all this is, but what I do know is I see a lot of Jewish stuff. <laughs> and she smiled, I mean, I mean, like a Cheshire cat smile. She just smiled and she reached across the desk and she put her hand on my hand and she looked me in the eye. And she had this real bold confidence amidst this very, very gentle voice. And she says to me, Kim, you have a Jewish soul. 
Now, I have to tell you, that was the last thing I expected to hear. Uh, it was so unexpected that the only thing that came out of my mouth was, I do. And while I'm pondering so quickly, I mean, my brain was like a ping pong table. I had so many thoughts so fast going through my brain. What in the world is she talking about? What does this mean? What is a Jewish soul? She then continued and she said, Kim, I would like you to come to my house for the first night of Passover. Of course, she used the word Pesach. And I'm like, Pesach? <laughs> she says, I want you to come the first night of Passover. I want you to meet my whole family, all 40 or 50 of them. And you'll get to experience what I'm talking about. And Kim, I'm going to teach you what it means to be a Jew, what it means to have a Jewish soul. And I went. It was an experience, one that caused me, for the second time in my life, actually, the first time was with the Balmwell family in New York in 1979, 80-ish, I think maybe actually 1981. 1981, I went to an event uh, and I was invited by the Balmwell family. They were typographers in, uh, in New York and it was, a, it was a modern Orthodox Jewish event. And I remember when I walked in the room, there was something so familiar, something so beautiful and yet I I couldn't place it but I knew it was a place where I belonged I felt this longing this belonging and I thought to myself I want to be a part of whatever they're a part of I want to be a part of that and now years later here we are you know like five years later I'm at this Passover dinner, and I'm thinking, wow, I belong here. I'm a part of this. There's something so familiar, yet so far away. At that moment, uh, in, in that experience. And so she went on to teach me. She taught me the basics of Yiddishkeit. As I mentioned, it's a term used in uh, the European, uh, in, in the circles of European Jewry. Uh, she taught me the role of the Jewish woman in the home. She taught me how to cook for Shabbat and holidays, how to even keep kosher. She was literally by Yiddish Mama. And uh, it was in the fall of 1988, a very sad moment, when her husband, Jay Hirschman, was the victim of a shooting inside of his family-owned dry cleaning store. And it was then that she also taught me the Jewish concept of mourning. She taught me what it meant to be a community and to mourn for a loved one. This was an experience that I never forgot. It stays and lingers with me.
to this day. Hence, by the summer of 1989, I was hosting my own Shabbat dinners, lunches, meals for the Chaim, the Jewish holidays. I was learning Hebrew. I was attending as many classes as I could about Jewish history and Judaism. For me, the Jewish world was becoming all-consuming. I wasn't raised Jewish. So it was new, it was exciting, and yet, as I have mentioned, something very familiar to me. And so, for this reason, I was so excited to have my grandmother over for Shabbat lunch. After we sat down and said Kiddush, that's the blessing over the wine, the grape juice, the bread, I served traditional matzo ball soup. As my grandmother took her first bite, tears began to stream down her beautiful blue eyes. Grandma, what is it? What's wrong? I asked. Nothing, nothing, she said. I just want to know, where did you get these dumplings? I made them, Grandma, and I hopped up from my chair and I grabbed the box of Manischewitz matzo ball mix to show her. And by now, the tears were almost uncontrollable. Out comes the Kleenex. And she says, with her head lowered, almost with shame, she says, my grandmother used to make these every Friday night. And after she passed, I didn't know how to make them. I didn't know where to find them. I didn't comment on the matzo balls. But with tears now running down my eyes, I asked her, Grandma, are we Jewish? And with that same sadness, a sadness that rarely did I ever see on my grandmother's nephish or soul, she said, yes, we're Jewish. My mother was Jewish and her mother was Jewish. But needless to say, it was lost. And that lunch confirmed everything Chaya Hirschman saw regarding my soul, my Jewish soul. So it is no wonder that my assimilated grandmother and mother of Jewish lineage passed on the same Hebrew day, Cheshvan 23, and during the same Torah portion, Chaye Sarah. It is also no coincidence that four generations later, God would visit me through a woman named Chaya Hirschman to restore a lineage and legacy that almost perished through assimilation. As we enter into this Shabbat, a day of rejoicing and restoration, let us remember Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah, that continues thousands of years after her death. 
As I read to you earlier, the scripture tells us to look unto Sarah, who bears us, so that all who are connected to the covenant of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov can have a part of this glorious lineage and legacy, a part of God's story. Shabbat Shalom, and I look forward to seeing you in next week's Digging Out. Have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to Digging Out. Remember to like, comment, I love your comments. Share and subscribe. Let's dig out together. This podcast is sponsored by Let's Learn Hebrew and Skill Sets, the method that makes learning Hebrew fun, intuitive, and totally doable. To get started, click on the link below. You'll be so glad that you did. Now, I'll see you in the next podcast of Digging Out. This is Hadassah, signing out. Shalom, shalom.